I'm Rachel Gottbaum for the New England Journal of Medicine. Clinicians across the country are bracing for a likely reversal of Roe versus Wade by the Supreme Court later this month and the banning of abortion in much of the country. Many states have already greatly restricted access to abortion. Perhaps the most challenging for both doctors and their patients is Texas. That's where a law was passed last year that outlaws abortion upon the detection of fetal cardiac activity and also pays citizens $10,000 for suing anyone who aids and abets an illegal abortion. Dr. Lauren Thaxton is an assistant professor at the Dell Medical School Department of Women's Health at the University of Texas in Austin. Dr. Thaxton, what has it meant for patients since the Texas abortion law went into effect? Patients are coming in much earlier in their pregnancies because they're fearful that if they delay care that they won't be able to access abortion. What this law prohibits is abortion after detection of fetal cardiac activity, which happens on average around six weeks. Sometimes we see it earlier. That's very shortly after a person would have a missed period. And so people are coming in as soon as possible. So now both patients and clinicians have been walking a kind of tightrope when it comes to access to abortion care in Texas. Tell us about that. So average clinic session, I see about 20 patients, about half of those patients I am unable to provide abortion care to. As an example, just last week, actually, I had a patient who had first come into the clinic two weeks prior and had an ultrasound. Ultrasound has limitations. And in her case, we did an ultrasound and saw nothing inside the uterus. She had a positive pregnancy test. This happens all the time in OBGYN. In this patient's case, she came in, she had an ultrasound. She was early in her pregnancy. She was unable to come back to the clinic the next week because of work. And because of that, she scheduled as soon as possible the week after. And then when she came in, she was still very early. She was five weeks. And yet we were able to detect cardiac motion. And that means that we are unable to provide abortion care. So that very short window of time meant that she could no longer access abortion care in our state. And she was devastated. She did everything that she could do to try to get in as soon as possible. But she also had to juggle all of the rest of her life, like work and childcare and paying her bills and everything else that every patient we see every day is juggling. And so as soon as she could get back in, she was already unable to access care. What was that like for you? One of the words that has been used is a sense of moral injury, that I have the equipment, the skills, and the training to be able to see this patient, offer her good care, evidence-based care, but I can't. And I have to tell her that I can't. As a healthcare provider, it is not why anybody signs up to practice medicine. And from the patient's perspective, the idea of going out of state, which is what many people are doing to be able to access abortion, is completely inaccessible for them, be it they can't arrange childcare, they don't have someone else who they can tell in their life that they're having an abortion because of this fear of civil penalties under these laws. 
so their whole life is blown apart by the fact that they can't have that abortion in clinic that day. There's this small window for people under the law. Could you talk a little bit about some of the challenges of these ultrasound centers, what they are and why they're problematic? There are what's called crisis pregnancy centers, pregnancy resource centers. These are organizations that offer free ultrasounds and counseling. These are facilities that do not offer abortion care. And sometimes they are not staffed by folks who have appropriate medical training. And we hear these stories of patients who come to the clinic to have a free ultrasound in order to find out whether or not they are eligible for abortion care. And sometimes those patients receive inaccurate information. And so given this very narrow window that our patients have in order to obtain abortion care inside of the state of Texas, any additional clinic visits that they have can delay and now can mean that they are not able to have an abortion in Texas. Can you just talk a little bit about what kinds of challenges there's been with your training for your medical students and your medical residents? Training in early pregnancy care, including abortion, everything that we do on our complex family planning rotation, the ACGME sets these requirements for programs to maintain accreditation. The opportunities that we have for education and family planning are limited by policy. And so we have to send our residents outside to be able to achieve high impact training. So right now, we are offering that our OBGYN residents leave the state of Texas to be able to receive this training in California. What other challenges has the law posed for medical trainees? In one of the clinics where I supervise residents who are seeing patients, we saw a patient who came in with a diagnosis of breast cancer, a new diagnosis of breast cancer, she had a positive pregnancy test that day. Her breast cancer diagnosis would get worse if she continued a pregnancy and would affect her health and would delay her treatment for her breast cancer. So in this case, this patient was seen by one of our residents who immediate concern was, how is this affected by these policies? What can I discuss or shouldn't I discuss? And thankfully, that was an opportunity for me to kind of outline that our patients should have all of their medical options. Their patients' counseling should still be what's medically appropriate for the patient, not what does a policy say I can or can't talk to this patient about. And that's really hard, I think, for our trainees who are drinking from a fire hose of medical education and they're learning tons of new information every day. And then to try to reconcile this environment of fear is really difficult. Dr. Thaxon, you're trained in complex family planning care, but what does it mean for patients with a lack of clinicians who can perform second and third trimester abortions in Texas? When I came to Texas, one of the things that I noticed very early on was that I was getting a number of phone calls from providers in my community who have patients with second trimester pregnancy loss, patients with miscarriage or stillbirth, and the standard of care options for management of that condition are induction of labor or dilation and evacuation, a D&E. 
And because there are so few people who are trained in that skill set in Texas, there are fewer options for patients who have stillbirth, who have miscarriages. So what I have seen is patients who have gone through an induction of labor for a second trimester loss. That is a patient that with my skill set, I could have seen in clinic, offered a dilation and evacuation, done that procedure in the clinic or in the operating room. And instead, they're undergoing an induction of labor that can take days, that can be painful with contractions and cramping and can be associated with more bleeding and a higher risk of infection. And at the end of the day, they have a delivery of a pregnancy that's not alive. And that can be very traumatic for some people. Can you explain how abortion services are a critical part of pregnancy care? I have provided abortion care for many people who did not intend to have an abortion whenever they became pregnant. So as examples, that's the patient who comes in for her anatomy scan and finds out that her pregnancy does not have kidneys or a brain or has other fetal anomalies that are incompatible with life. Or the patient who is early in her pregnancy where her pregnancy cannot survive outside of her body and her water bag breaks. Patients who develop a condition called preeclampsia or high blood pressures in pregnancy, these are all things that happen every day when you take care of patients who are capable of pregnancy. Healthcare providers and healthcare systems have to be prepared to take care of patients with these situations. And now we're in a position inside of the state of Texas where our doctors who are diagnosing these conditions are having to decide, well, does this fit into a category of exemption of which there are no exemptions for fetal anomaly? And so that patient now has to go out of state to be able to access care. So what should providers and patients take away from what's happening in Texas and the possibility of a complete ban on abortion in much of the country? As an OBGYN and someone who takes care of pregnant people, it is impossible to take care of pregnant people safely where abortion doesn't exist. And I think that one thing that we are already seeing in Texas is the care of pregnant people does not follow the science and the evidence that is best practice. Anybody who's capable of pregnancy is unsafe in an environment where they cannot access abortion care. Dr. Lauren Thaxton is an assistant professor at the Dell Medical School Department of Women's Health at the University of Texas in Austin. Thanks so much for speaking with us. Thank you. Appreciate it.